the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and I'm excited to be here today talking to the NFL with the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, none other than Stucky. And this is your AFC schedule release pod. And also want to point out that uh, later this week, we'll have our Preakness Stakes betting preview. So look out for that. Stuck, what's going on? What's up, brother? Happy weekend. Always nice to spit some NFL with you. If you haven't checked it out, we had our post or pre-draft. You and I did our pre-draft episode. Talked some division futures, which most of them are still out there, which we liked. Uh, Went through some of the win totals. Then you and Freeman did the... Uh, post-draft analysis, and then this will be the schedule this episode. And then later this summer, once the win total markets have settled down, and obviously with a lot of content on actionnetwork.com, you and I and maybe uh, our colleague and friend Sean Kerner will, as we always do in August, we'll have a bunch of episodes uh, previewing all of the divisions. So keep an eye out for that later in the summer, but it's uh, it's always a good time to catch up after the schedules are officially leaked and then released. Oh, yeah. I'm excited because, you know, we're going to kind of talk through these, you know, how these schedules are looking and and the implications. But we're also going to use this episode to just kind of go over our, you know, more concrete, updated uh, projections and and thoughts and outlooks on these teams. Now that the draft is complete, we got the schedule. We're pretty much ready to go and kind of get into to really kind of nail it down what we think uh, these teams are going to look like. So uh, let's get it popping with the uh, start with the Buffalo Bills. I, I think it's interesting that. Uh, they open at the Jets, and I feel like the Jets are already being like they've been overrated since Aaron Rodgers became a reality. But I think they're only, um, I think the Bills are only like a one one and a half point favorite, which I, I think is interesting because if there's ever a time for Rodgers to struggle, Hackett to struggle, it would be Week One. He's no showed his last couple of Week Ones, but um, what are what are your uh, just thoughts overall on, on how this Bills team is taking shape and any notes on their uh, on their schedule? Yeah, Bills. I mean, look, we talked about this before. The Bills are kind of rolling with what they got, right? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe a slight weakness at middle linebacker, but it's pretty much looks like that. We'll see if Von Miller can be healthy, but it's pretty much the roster that it's one of the best in the NFL that they had last year, and they're going to run it back this year. The interesting thing with the Bills is. They, I think their division as a whole, there's still some questions with the Patriots, but their division as a whole got more difficult and they're already in the AFC, right? Because you bring Rodgers to the Jets. I do agree that the Jets are overrated, but they definitely upgraded their weakest position on the team at quarterback, which is obviously important. I think the Dolphins are improved as well. So their division is tougher. They're in a tough conference. I think their win total is like under 12 juice. I'm right around, I project them right around 12. They do go to... London and they will lose a home game and play the Jags who already be there, um, which is an interesting spot. The Jags have two games in London. I think everyone knows that by now they have some tough road games um, out of division. We were talking about their divisions, tough chargers, 
Chiefs, Bengals, and Eagles. Their buy is late. There's a couple things I do like about their schedule. Um, you know, they get the Eagles on coming off of a Monday night game on Sunday. On a Sunday, Eagles are coming off a Monday night game. They have a bye before they play the Chiefs, which is really important. So, you know, I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're the end of the season, at least they get a bye, but it's brutal. I mean, you're going, you know, Bengals, Broncos, Jets, Eagles, bye, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, four of last six on the road. And they go, you know, there's a lot of like marquee games that go October 23rd to December 31st with only one 1 p.m. game. So it's a tough schedule. Uh, overall, their division's tougher. I think that they're projected right on. Um, so I don't really have any hot takes on the Bills. I think it's going to come down to health, that offensive line, how it comes together, um, and then just Josh Allen. Like this, we just how how consistent can he be this year? But I, I predict the Bills right around well. But the the interesting thing, look, they they go to London, they have some tough road games, but the Bills. When you think about the Bills, you say, oh, they play in Buffalo and they get a weather advantage. But really, if you look at their offensive numbers, the Bills have been a juggernaut away from home. So these tough road games and playing in London, losing a home game, playing indoors over like I don't think that that's that big of a deal. So I project them right around 12. No value either way. But it's definitely a tough schedule, as you would expect. And they do lose a home game having to go overseas to play a team that will already be there, which is definitely an interesting spot against Jacksonville. Brutal finish to their schedule. But if the Bills are who we thought, who, you know, we know. There's not much intrigue or mystery there. One of the best teams in the NFL, right there with the Chiefs. Intrigue and mystery, that may be a, a little more uh, descriptive of the Bills' week one opponent, the Jets. So let's talk about them. Uh, you know, I've made it clear that I think this team is overrated. Uh, I, I'll probably be looking to fade them more likely than not. I love, I still love the defense, but you know, we, we also know that defense, it's a little harder to maintain at a elite level from year to year than offense. And I also, you know, I don't know how much exactly, I don't think we know exactly how much of Aaron Rodgers uh decline last year was due just solely to the thumb injury, how much of it had to do with, losing Devontae Adams and how much of it had to do with, uh, you know, just general age related decline. So I think that's a a big question kind of surrounding the Jets. But again, I do think that week one is not a, a great time to, to invest in them. And it doesn't get like pretty, you know, maybe it's better. They might've been in line to lose anyway. So maybe playing Buffalo at that point is actually better, but um, I do think they're a good bet to kind of be behind the eight ball uh, in the division. And they also got a matchup with KC in, in, in week four. So it doesn't – and Dallas and at Dallas in, in week two. So the schedule makers really didn't let Aaron Rodgers ease in at all. I mean, you go Buffalo, at Dallas, you play the Patriots, which, you know, that's always – you know, Bill Belichick's always going to be – have something for you. And then you play Kansas City and then – uh, go to Denver in mile high, and then you play the the NFC champion Eagles. So, like they, the the schedule makers, I mean, that's kind of a brutal stretch to start the year for for New York, but then they get to buy. Yeah. So from a raw, it's just you'll hear like Eagles, for example, have the hardest schedule 
Um, but that's based just on, you know, wins last year, uh, which is not a great way to look at it. Mm -mm. So when I, when I mention my strength of schedules, it's based on my power ratings and then projecting out the wins and then your opponent. So my, I had the bills with the fourth hardest schedule in the NFL won their division. They've won it each of the last three years. I had the jets with the third part. Mm -hmm. So they have a tougher schedule overall. I mean, we're splitting hairs here, but still, however, I, you know, their win total is what sitting right around. Uh, I think it's like 10 under 10 juiced. I'm at like nine, three. And I do think they're a little overrated. Be looking to fade them. Cause I think Rogers is definitely on the decline. However, mm -hmm. There are some things I like about their schedule. So they're in the AFC to get nine home games, right? And they they're they don't play any overseas games. They have they play at the Giants after a bye. That's basically close as close to a home game as you can get, right? So you could argue that they have you know nine and a half, ten home games. And then I like how their schedule sets up weather-wise, right? Like you get they have a stretch of November 24th, weather starts to get a little iffy in New York. They play Miami, warm weather team, Atlanta, dome team, Houston, three straight home games, end of November into December. And then they go down to Miami in December. Like if you're going to go down to Miami, that's when you probably want to go. You don't want to go when it's real hot and humid. Um, so I don't mind – they're, I like how their schedule breaks from a weather perspective. Their schedule is really tough early on because they have that game against the Bills. Yes, you, you know, you lose that game on Monday. Now you have a short week and then you're going to Dallas. You're coming home for New England before a hyped game against the Chiefs. So, and then, you know, you got Bron the Broncos on the road in altitude before you play the Eagles at home. So the, the Jets season. I like some like how it breaks later, and you could argue they have almost ten home games. I like the second half of their schedule, just some of the intangibles. But this could get they could bury themselves early on, and you cannot escape a hole in the AFC if they start say one in five, two and four, which isn't out of the question here. So yeah, all eyes on that early part of the schedule. I would lean under Jets. I don't have enough to. Fade it, fade them and, and go under yet. That might change as the summer goes on. We'll keep an eye on numbers and I'll refine my numbers. But if they're definitely a team I'm going to be looking to fade early because I do think that they're overvalued in the market. And a lot of that is because I believe Rodgers is on the decline. It's only natural father times undefeated. But really interesting, like really tough early part of the schedule. I like some of the things later. But overall, it's a very difficult schedule for a team that didn't win their division. Let me ask you this before we move on. Like, um, would you make them a road favorite at Denver in week five? Uh, yes, I do. I've been favored in 10 games. Um, like, but you know, you could give them, we'll say, gimme's any favored by over, you know, six or more, only two games. Uh, yeah. the Texans and Washington at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. So there's a lot of coin flips in here. I do make them a favorite at Denver. Raw numbers wise. Now I haven't even adjusted it for a spot. Like that's after the Chiefs before the Eagles in altitude. And it's the Denver like, could be better than we think. Yeah, Denver too, could like, be better. I don't think we're, uh, I don't think we're e either of us are very high on Denver uh, at the it's, moment. 
Yeah, it's, it'll be close. I, I would make probably make it close to a pick. And roll numbers wise, I make them a favor, but I also have it circled as like one of the toughest spots of the entire season. You're sandwiched in between uh, the two teams that went to the Super Bowl last year in altitude early on in the season, where yeah, you know, so I mean, first week of October. So yeah, that that would be close to a coin flip. And you know, you lose that game, and then you're talking Chiefs, Eagles, Bills at Cowboys in a short week. You know, give them the Patriots, but you lo- you lose that Broncos swing game. It's not out of their own possibility if they start one and five, and then how do you dig out of that hole in the AFC? Um, but I, I, if they can somehow get like three, start three and three, um, and Rodgers looks good, and then this team definitely has some promise. But uh, I'm I'm on the the sell side like you. Yeah, and again, I I don't I I really have question marks about um, about Hackett as well. You know, not just Rodgers, but you know Hackett's really not proven himself. Um, to be a, a play caller uh, of any, you know, that that's adding anything positive. So yeah, there's a lot of there's. A, I, I don't like the Jets at all. I'm pretty well on them. One of the teams I'm lowest on, but let's uh, let's pick it up here. Uh, the Dolphins. I think we both liked the Dolphins last time we spoke. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on on them? You know, coming out of the draft and and now that the schedule's out. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I project them at like not their win totals nine and a half unders juiced a little bit. I project them like nine, seven, nine, eight, but I do have them power rated higher than the Jets. And we, we talked about this before. I think that they're the team to look mm-hmm. at in the division. Yes. Um, they also are a team that I think you can look at with bigger upside if you want to take a shot for uh, a longer shot. You know, I don't, I don't think it's. The NFL these days, you can take like a super long shot. But in the AFC, a team that if the quarterback position comes together, I like the coaching. Uh, I think that, you know, I like some of the moves on defense that they made. Um, so they only have seven road games, which is important because they go to they go to London or they go to Germany and play Kansas City. I was surprised. I thought they were going to send Tyreek to Kansas City. So I think that's a break that they get there. Um, I don't believe that they play any teams coming off of a bye. By the way, we'll talk about this. Two teams play four teams coming off of a bye, which is insane. The 49ers and the Rams. Play oh, my four, goodness. Four teams coming off buys. No other team plays more than two coming off by. And there's a handful that don't play any coming off of a bye. Um, so, yeah, I think that the schedule, if I look, you know, you only get seven road games. You get Kansas City in London instead of going to Kansas City. That's a huge break. And, you know, I just mentioned that the Bills and the Dolphins overall, per my power ratings, have a top four schedule. Well, I do have the Dolphins number two, as you would expect. They got to play. Mm-hmm. They're in the AFC. They're in that division. They do have a really tough schedule, but – the way that it was constructed, I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, they didn't get any, like, hey, you have three straight brutal road games. Um, I, I don't, there's not like terrible spots. They play some good teams. Um, they get the buy after London. A lot of the teams are after Germany, I should say. A lot of the teams going overseas don't didn't elect to take that this year. But I think that their buy is in a good spot in week ten, and uh, yeah, I don't. I don't hate the schedule. I think it's pretty fair. We know it was going to be tough. And I think that they made out just with that Chiefs game. So, yeah, still high on the Dolphins for upside. Pretty 
I would lean there over win total, but I, I think division future, if you're more bullish on Tua um, and that defense, like I think that defense is going to be take that next step, which is really important with Fangio. Their corners were so banged up last year. You bring in, even bringing in long, but you bring in Ramsey. So I think their defense is going to be take a big step forward. And then I think Tua will as well. Then we got Mike White, who we love um, there if need be. Because there's always the concussion question as well. So, yeah, Dolphins, hard schedule as expected, but I think it broke their way. And I still think they're definitely a viable target for some longer shots. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, this AFC East could conceivably have the four best defenses in the conference. I mean, they all four of those defenses uh, look, look, they're going to be pretty good. But I agree with you on the Dolphins. Like, I was looking at them, you know, even, you know, they play the Chargers in LA in week one. And I'm looking at this like, this is like, like they're not really outmatched. Like they, they match up well with, with pretty much anybody. So, you know, every year there's usually like that one team that takes the jumps to, to, and it kind of comes out of nowhere and becomes an elite team. Like, you know, the, the Eagles, not that it came out of nowhere. I think we both expected them to do that, but the Dolphins were very good despite a lot of injuries in that in McDaniel's first year, they were number eight in DVOA. They were seventh on offense with two of missing, you know, what four games and parts of others. And they, they even had a, uh, an above average defense as well. So like they're, I think things are looking up for Miami. If they can, you know, get a little better injury luck. Um, I, I think they're what people think the jets, I've said it before. I think they're what people want the jets to be as far as, you know, taking that jump. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we said they only have seven road games. One of them's at the Chargers to start the year. One of the small – first of all, you're going – that's one of your West Coast road games. It's the first game of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, travel's not an issue. And that's one of the smallest home field advantages in the NFL. You're also at Washington, also another team not, not a great home field advantage. So, yeah, it's it's very magical. I think that they would have been better off having a couple other tougher games at home early in the season just for that heat, which they didn't get. But other than that – I kind of like the schedule even because you knew it was going to be a gauntlet regardless. Yeah. I mean that playing Buffalo in Miami early last year might've single-handedly like won the weather might've won them that game. Cause remember that was the game where everyone yeah. on Buffalo was collapsing. So now yeah. they got to play Buffalo. They don't play them till what week, the last week of the season. So um, yeah. yeah, that's not ideal, but yeah, it just from a, just from a quality of the team perspective, I, I really like Miami. Uh, and then we have new England, which, you know, kind of getting lost in the shuffle here. Uh, I feel like most of their offseason has been geared at continuing to 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 improve that defense. Um, any, any thoughts on, on on New England? Yeah, not a fan of what New England did in the offseason overall. Um, I project them only like 7.2 wins. Like usually you get a Belichick bump, but look, I mean, look at this track record since Brady's left. It's like, is he still deserving of that bump? Still a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best of all time, but They've definitely lost a step there in Foxborough. I project them. I would lean under. Not enough to play it as of right now. They're definitely, I think, the worst team in this division. We'll see what happens with Mac Jones. Just getting bad vibes uh, out of the camp there. Schedule was what I expected. Nothing crazy. By week 11, they do lose a home game uh, to overseas. They play the Colts, and then they get a bye after that before going to the Giants. Um, they get an extended rest 
before the Chiefs because they play the Steelers on a Thursday night, then the Chiefs on a Monday night the following week. Uh, but then you have a short week going to Denver. So eh, schedule's not crazy either way. Not really high on the Patriots. I think that they're going to bring up the rear in this division. Nothing would, nothing really know where they yeah, with, yeah, the, I, with the schedule. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the least intriguing team uh, in the, in this division, but they may very well still be kind of a spoiler because remember, all these teams have good defenses and the Patriots are always going to be uh, liable to win any divisional matchup. So that'll be interesting. But let's go to the Ravens in the North. They start the year with uh, a, a nice little cushy home game against the Houston Texans. They also get the Indianapolis Colts in week three, which could be advantageous because, you know, the Colts might be in some type of transitional period with the quarterback situation or, you know, be one of uh, Richardson's first starts. Like there's, so I think, I thought Baltimore could have like had a pretty, has a pretty good uh, early season schedule late in the year. It gets tougher, but what did you, what did you think? Yeah. By the way, I had the Patriots with per my numbers with the toughest schedule in the entire NFL, which makes sense or with, mm-hmm. with their division and conference. Um, Ravens middle of the pack as far as my schedule, strength of schedule ranking. And yeah, you, you mentioned it early on. This is a team, obviously Lamar Jackson is back. I think they have better depth at wide receiver. I still have questions about the pass rush and that corner. Um, but they're due for some injury. After the past two years, they're due for some positive injury luck. I like the way that the schedule broke overall. Um, they, You mentioned it. Houston could get a rookie quarterback week one. You got your revenge game against Cincy. You could get a rookie quarterback week three. You could get a rookie quarterback week six mm-hmm. in London. You play Tennessee. Um, and again, by the way, that's that's a road game. They only have seven road games. You could get – and then you have Kyler Murray week eight. You probably won't get Kyler Murray from what I'm thinking, so you might get a backup with Arizona there. So I like how the schedule broke overall. Um, there's a lot more travel than last year. Last year they barely traveled at all, but there's – you know a bunch of West coast trips. And I think they tripled the amount of miles and they have the latest buy that they've had since 2001. So we'll see if they could finally stay healthy. And if they do, then that could, that buy could prove very beneficial to kind of as a reset going into the stretch run. And, you know, they close with, you know, they get up after the buy, they get the Rams at home, which is win, but then you're at the Jags. At the Niners on Christmas night, and then home on a short week back across the country for Miami, and then home against the Steelers. So that that's not an easy stretch then the year, which could make or break like the division, or do they get to the playoffs? Because we know how tough the AFC is. They're also traveling to the Chargers after a home game with the Bengals, uh, but they do get some extra rest before that. So I think overall, I like how the schedule broke, but yeah, we'll see how they just. Like I, I like the, the beginning part of their schedule outside of you're going to the Browns, to the Steelers, right? Two division road games. And then you're going to London to take, take on a feisty Titans team. That's a big swing game just in your season, win totals. And then you're coming home the week right after that and playing the Lions um, before heading out to the West Coast. So like just the travel early on, it could be a little tricky. There's a couple of tricky spots there. I actually show a little value on the over for the Ravens. Um, 
upside for division and Super Bowl, I prefer the Browns. Uh, I think the Browns and Ravens are similarly power rated. I think like the offensive coordinator change will help the Ravens initially early on. It's going to be the element of surprise, but their schedule's not that difficult early on, so maybe that works against them. But I think that the Browns actually have the higher ceiling. Um, and I really love what they did on the offseason, and you get a better price with them, obviously. So, yeah, I think that the Ravens' schedule overall pretty fair. They're they're due for some injury luck here. I would I do show enough value to to bet their win total over, not enough on futures. Yeah, and it, you know it's kind of the theme with I, I I would say the both of these divisions that we've talked about in the AFC, the East and the North, they're the divisional matchups are going to be so brutal. And like all of these teams could conceivably be like better than preseason expectations at the same time. Like it could just be a gauntlet within the division uh, for these teams. And that, you know, that's going to obviously have impact as far as win totals and things like that, because, you know, I always think there's more variance when you, when you kind of look at like a divisional game, like I said, the Patriots are liable to really to beat any of those teams in in their division. So um, Pittsburgh, I would say the same thing about, uh, in this division. So, yeah, I think the Brown, just because you're getting that price with the Browns, uh, I do agree, but I, I, I don't mind the Ravens future because I do, I am kind of interested in Lamar Jackson with what should be the best receiving core that he's ever had, you know, like he had, he, you know, and you know, who, I mean, who that's assuming Beckham still, yeah, has. I don't yeah. know if what Beckham still that's has, true. that's the, and like, you know, when the Ray, I always talk about this. When Flacco won that, when they won the Super Bowl, they fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Cam Cameron, in December. And people forget that. And they brought in a new offensive coordinator. And I almost feel like if they did that, like in November this year, like fired, the, fired their offensive coordinator and then brought in a new one with the element of surprise with Lamar. And because I just don't know if that offense with that passing offense, right. After there's going to be a whole season of tape is going to be able to get through the gauntlet of the AFC. That's my worry because I just don't know. I'm a huge flowers guy. I loved him. I would love that they got him. Still a rookie wide receiver. I don't know if what Beckham has left post injury at his age and they're going to need him to be close to one. I'm not sure that he's there. I, I would think that I think that the Browns actually have a, a little higher upside and they have a better price. But yeah, I mean, they're going to have a solid. I still were also where there are some questions on this Ravens defense still, like the pass rush, the second corner spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you want to talk about just good, great special teams. They're going to be well coached and they're due for just enormous injury, positive injury regression. And if you look at this division as a whole, and we'll talk about the other teams, right? I guess now. But like, I, I if I was going to target two teams to wager on or invest in, it would be either the Ravens or the Browns. If you look at the Bengals over the past two years, one of the luckiest teams in the NFL from an injury standpoint. Last year, the the luckiest was the Steelers. Believe it or not, they were uh, they had the fewest uh, games lost to injury overall. And I know the Bengals had the offensive line injuries late, as far as timeliness but overall Bengals last two years very lucky very fortunate injury wise Steelers the luckiest last year still didn't make the playoffs and this they played nine quarterbacks who aren't going to be starting this year and if you look shout out to my guy Cleve TA 
saw this tweet the other day. The most dropbacks last year faced of quarterbacks ranked 30th or below in EPA per dropback, the Bengals were number one. 43% of the dropbacks they faced were against quarterbacks ranked 30th or lower. Dallas was second. Jacksonville was third. And so, and look, Bengals have benefited from the Lamar stuff. I mean, look at the quarterbacks who have been in that division the past couple of years. You had Watson miss half the year. You had the Steelers trying to figure out who their quarterback was. You had Lamar miss all that time. Um, now you kind of have like, all right, Watson going into a full season. You have Lamar, presumably in better injury luck with the Ravens. I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett fan, but they have their quarterback, and I think that they've improved their roster a little bit. So I think the Bengals are the the team I'm looking to fade overall. Um, I'm still not a believer in Pickett. I'm not a believer in Canada, but I love the Steelers draft. And um, I project them right on, like 8-6. I, I, I thought I was going to be going under. Um, their win total is like under nine juice. We know the Tomlin stat. But, yeah, I think that the, the Bengals have just been very fortunate in this division. And they're, I think that they might be overvalued here. Because of that, I I show enough value in their win total under. Um, they have the 10th hardest schedule per my numbers. Browns for what it's worth, the 20th. And Steelers, you know, right in the middle of the road, just like the Ravens. But, yeah, I, I'd be targeting Browns and Ravens in this division. I know you like the Steelers, too. But Browns division is probably my favorite bet for the upside. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Browns biggest question is, is, is that quarterback somehow, you know, like that, but like, it doesn't have to be a question if like Watson can kind of end that real quick. If he just kind of shows that he's still capable of doing what he did prior to all, you know, sitting out and all that stuff. But um, it's, it is somewhat of a concern just because like, you know, these guys don't always bounce back. You know, like, like, yeah. it, like it's sometimes guys just it's, it's not necessarily fully physical, but it's not necessarily fully mental either. Like it's kind of a combination. So like because he just didn't look quite right last year. So, yeah, yeah um, I show value in the, win, yeah. the Browns win total over, but I prefer the futures because of that variance with Watson. Like I'm projecting how I think he's going to be. We've seen it before. So if he can get back to where he was. Then, I mean, just the distribution of potential results for the Browns is, I think, pretty as wide as you're going to see in the NFL this year, which is why I prefer going on the upside. And then if you were like, you don't believe in Watson, maybe like a all win total under, because then it could all fall to pieces. But there's other things I like about the Browns. Like they address some of their interior defensive line issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New defensive coordinator, I think, is going to do wonders for that defense. I talked about that all last year with all the communication issues. Just Fixing little things and communication, I think, is going to do wonders. Um, you know, they didn't have great injury luck last year either. And they added speed at receiver, which I think they needed. So, uh, yeah, I think that if Watson hits, this team has significant upside. And I think there's a lot of value in division futures. And then if you want to get crazy, they're a team that could go through the gauntlet if Watson gets back to what he was in his prime, because that's what you need. You need a an elite quarterback to get through the AFC and they potentially have that. We don't know, but that's why I I think I prefer the the futures with the additional variance in the win totals. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, I know we, we had, we kind of talked through, we basically found a team. I think it was from almost 
every division that we kind of liked um, heading into the draft is just like a long shot either for the division or just something like that. Uh, like for me, I ultimately ended up settling uh, like my favorites are, you know, the the Falcons, the, the Seahawks and the uh, Titans. And that's simply because in, in some of these other divisions, it's like, yeah, I think certain teams are undervalued, but there's generally like more than one that stick out, which kind of makes it a little tougher, I think, to cash. Cause there's just like, there's just so many ways that this could go in, in this, in this division with like, even Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh could be a fourth place team. That's nine and eight or something like that, you know, based, based on the fact that they never lose, you know, more games than they win under Tomlin. So it, it kind of just, it kind of, kills the value a little bit, especially when you consider you're just kind of tying up money uh, for a lot of, a lot of these, um, a lot of these futures in these, in these two divisions. So, uh, you know, as we start to get into these other divisions, that's why I'm kind of a little more bullish on, on, and, and, and also why I'm kind of fading uh, or not fading, but it's a little tougher for me to go all in on teams in that uh, NFC North as well, which we'll, we'll talk about, but um, that's yeah, you, where, the Browns yeah. do get like, you got lots has got to hit early for that division, but you have an early buy too, which isn't great. Week five buy. But they got Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, three of the first four. Uh, you know they got a brutal travel schedule in the middle. But you got you're out out at Denver and then the Rams. You can stay out west. And I like their closing stretch. You're home against the Jags, home against the Bears, at the Texans, home against the Jets, and then you have that's a Thursday night game, Week 17. They open with the Bengals. Home dog, home division dogs, by the way, smack week one. I think they're mm-hmm. 21 and 21 and five against the spreads 2009. Um, they're a small home dog. I will be on the Browns in that game. But uh they close with the Bengals. Maybe that, that could def- decide the division. They have 10 days to prepare for that game. And talk about injury luck. The Bengals are maybe due for some injuries, but they got 10. That could that could matter. They play Thursday the Jets and then 10 days before that week 18 game at Cincy. Um, so I like how the schedule set up and, um, you know, they do have, they're on the road five of seven, starting with week seven. That's with some trips, but I think they could stay out West. And I, I, I like, I like this Cleveland team for a lot of the, the reasons I mentioned. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the, let's go to this, um, this AFC South, uh, because I, in this one, this is one where I, I am, really bullish on the Titans. I feel like they're just kind of being left for dead. Uh, you know, even, even the way, you know, kind of the, the tanking talk is being framed. I think it's being framed wrong. Like, you know, when the last time they changed quarterbacks, it was because they were trying to win. Like they, it does like if, 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 uh, if Will Levis ends up playing, I think it's far more likely it's because he's, he, he, he has earned the job or gives them the best chance to win. Then it's like, Oh yeah, they're just, they're just going to throw in the towel in like one of the weakest divisions in football after they started seven and three last year and then, you know, just barely missed out on the playoffs. Like I, I don't see it. So I'm pretty bullish on, on the Titans. Uh, I, I think, um, I think they are a good bet in week one as well. I'm pretty low on the saints, but I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on what I think is going to be the Titans main competition which is the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I kind of see some some reasons to be uh, a little bit bearish on them compared to the market, but curious as to your thoughts. Yeah, and by the way, one, one final note on the Steelers. Steelers fans want to hear this. Most of their tough games are at home. They play two Thursday night games, both at home. We know home teams fare better 
on Thursday nights. And we'll see if Tomlin can avoid. And they get the 49ers in week one, right? With quarterback questions, that's a good time to get the 49ers. They get the Texans week four, rookie quarterback, presumably. We'll see if Tomlin can avoid the classic Tomlin spot there. That's at Houston after going to the Raiders before the Ravens at home. But, uh, yeah, Titans, I love the Titans. I show yes. value in their win total, show value in the division. Just talked about the Jags. They were 6-1 to one last year to win the division. Now they're the overwhelming favorite. Just talked about how lucky they were with quarterbacks they faced. One of the healthiest teams in the entire NFL last year. Great in one possession games. Just a very fortunate year. They still have a lot of questions on defense. I still have some questions with the offensive line. I think that the Jags are overrated. I am – and look, rookie quarterbacks – you're talking maybe the Colts have a rookie quarterback, maybe the Texans, assuming both will at some point. Rookie quarterbacks historically have not fared well against the spread, just overall. I don't I don't trust uh, either of those teams or rosters or a rookie quarterback. I think this is the Titans win total over. Um, and for the division, I project them at like – you can get their win total over seven juiced or under seven and a half juiced. Um, I project them at like eight, four, mm-hmm. 8.4 wins. One of my biggest values that I'm showing right now. And I have them with uh, one of the six, six easiest schedules as you would expect in that division, but they're in a tough conference. So having one of the six easiest schedules I do like, um, they have three straight road games in the middle, but it's, you know, at Pittsburgh. Then they're at Tampa with some extended rest and at Jacksonville. Manageable. Um, their division, the interesting thing with the te- with Tennessee's, they do lose a home game because they get Baltimore um, in London, and then they get a bye after that. The Colts are their only divisional game over the first 10 weeks. Um, but so they're, they're, like the division's going to be decided at the end of this year, at the end of the year. I mean, they, they host the Jags at the end of the year before that, they get the Texans two weeks before that they get the Texans, you know, Colts, Jags, like they're, they're back into the schedule is all division games. I trust in this coaching staff. Remember last year, they were crushed by injuries, them Mm -hmm. and the Broncos. And, you know, were absolutely, they lost their last seven. They were seven and three. They had some lucky wins, some unlucky losses. And then they lost their last seven games fortunately for me in the win total under, but this team has a lot of depth now on defense. I assume they're going to keep Tannehill and Henry. It's still Vrabel. People forget how much he always overperforms. Um, weak division. I think the time is right to buy them while selling the Jags. I have no interest in Indianapolis or Houston. I mean, Houston has, I mean, they're the most, they're the most we could spend one minute on Houston. We'll see. I'm not a Stroud guy. We'll see how he does. But you know, they they have a bye week and then play Carolina in week eight. Carolina's also off of a bye. That could be one versus two in the draft. It only happened four other times at quarterbacks. But they play all their games are on Sundays. No prime time. Um, they do play four straight games against the NFC South, and they're in a pretty weak division. Um, but uh, I project them pretty much right on um not a fan of indianapolis colts for what it's worth i project about six wins their win total sitting like 6.7 once you account for juice houston 
I project at 5.8. Their win total is like 6.2. They do have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Um, but I think this is all about Tennessee. Improved yeah. offensive line, I think, on the left side. I think their defense will be better. They're going to get healthier. Brable's still there. They're coming in now with no expectations. I think this is all about Tennessee. And the Jags are overrated and due for some regression in many, many different aspects uh, yeah. across the board. And they, by the way, Jacksonville has two games. Two, well, we'll see how it works out. But they're going to be in London two weeks in a row. Another familiar with London. But in, in London two weeks in a row. Then come home for the Colts. Then a short week on the road at the Saints. Then they're at the Steelers. Then it's their bye. I mean, and they also get the Chiefs in week two, who get 10 days to prepare for them. Um, so, and then after their bye, they get the 49ers, who are also off of a bye. So, I, yeah, I I don't like that the way that the schedule sets up. They do, they will get to face some, you know, rookie quarterbacks early. And they do get their first Monday night football game in 12 years and first Sunday night football game in 15 years. That speaks to the expectations and kind of, we're selling them high. It's all about the time. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Oh no. Like that, that's kind of the key, I think. Cause you know, there's, there obviously is some uncertainty with Houston and Indianapolis where, but like that benefits you if you sell the Jags because the Jags are the only team even projected with a winning record uh, for this division in terms of, of win totals. And um, when you look at injury luck, I mean, the Titans remember they were seven and three last year and then yeah, everything is seven straight. The, the Jaguars, not only are, is this team like they they whiffed on a lot of draft picks, or at least, you know, it appears that way on defense where, you know, they could be in a lot better spot, but guys just haven't played well. Like Walker, Lloyd hasn't played well. Chasen was a lost pick, uh, essentially. Like, there are a lot of guys that, like, there's not a lot of impact guys that you could point to on their defense outside of Campbell um, and and Aluakon and, 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 and Josh Allen. But, you know, this is a top-heavy team that had some of the best injury luck like second best second luckiest in injury luck and then third Mm -hmm. luckiest with quarterbacks opposing quarterbacks face and guess what now they have a first place schedule in the afc last year they had a joke the schedule also got lucky in in one possession game still holes in this roster go ahead yeah no i'm saying like just to put into context like with that injury luck is travis Etienne played every single game Christian Kirk, every single game. Evan Ingram, every single game. Trevor Lawrence, every single game. Like, all of their key players essentially played every game. And, you know, this team was, like, clawed its way to 9-8. and eight. They had a, they were 3-7. and seven. They had to go, what, like, they had to win, like, six of their last seven games just to beat Joshua Dobbs by four points to get into the playoffs. And yeah, and then they had a what were they thirty down against the, the Chargers? So like, this is this Jaguar team is like, like they are very fragile. Like Trevor Lawrence is great. There's the star talent they've assembled at the skill positions is great, but we don't know if he's the, great yet. I think the the lot, you know, well, you know what I mean. Like the talent, the talent's there, but like, yeah. Yeah. just like that's literally Jacksonville's story. They have a few players that are extremely talented and very little depth. And they've been very lucky with injuries. And it like if anything goes wrong, this could easily just go back to being that three and seven team that you know we were you know, heading into their bye that like, we weren't thinking twice about. So yeah, yeah. They're, and they're di- last year, think about it. Their division basically just broke for them. I mean, the Titans they played Dobbs like we just said. Their Titans had historically bad injury luck. 
You had the ghost of Matt Ryan at quarterback for the Colts. Um, and then you had Davis Mills. Like that, there's should be better quarterback play, better injury luck for those teams across the board. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you look at down the stretch, you know, when they beat they beat Houston and and then uh Dobbs at the end of the year, they also beat Chris Streveler and and the Jets. That was their last three wins. They beat Dallas in overtime. They beat the Ravens on a last second touchdown by one. Like this team got really fortunate down the stretch. Um, and it's a perfect time to sell on them. We're in com- complete agreement there. All right, let's go to the uh, West because, you know, I, I think, like, like I said, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with Houston and, and Indianapolis, not a ton to glean, I think, and break it down the minutiae of their schedule. But I do want to talk about the Chargers because I think every year it seems like, you know, you look at the Chargers and you say, yeah, this team, they have upside, but it just never seems to fully come together. I think they, they're kind of like a, 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 a like a, a kind of like a similar version to the Jaguars, except with a lot better defense, like a rich man's version of the Jaguars. Like they're pretty stacked at certain spots, but I think the depth falls off quick. And it, and it, for some reason, it, it, they've just been getting injured these last few years. So, you know, what do you think of the Chargers in this, you know, division that, you know, you got to play the Chiefs twice. The Broncos could be better. They could be terrible again. Uh, and then you got the Raiders who could be terrible again, but, maybe could be a little better too. Like what, what are your thoughts on where the, how this charger team kind of stacks up in the, in the division and in the AFC? Yeah. Broncos historic. Like they were, I mean, the Ravens two years ago, the worst injury luck of all time, like statistically average games lost to starters. But last year, the bank, the Broncos had the worst. I mean, their injury luck was horrific on both sides of the ball. So the question is, however, I still think they're a tad overrated because I just don't believe in Russ. So we'll see. I mean, I think hey, they're, they're, you're getting this Peyton bump. People think Russ is going to go back to who he was. I just don't think that he has that same juice, which made him Russ. Um, we'll see. I think the bank, the, the Broncos, big, big positive regression candidate. I still think that they're overrated because of this Peyton and Wilson factor. But we'll see. If Wilson can regain some of that under Peyton, they're definitely dangerous. You're right on the the Chargers. The depth is the biggest question with them. I do love the offensive coordinator hire. I think that's a huge factor. Just the play calling and unleashing Herbert. I think he was really held back by that last year. Their defense is always going to be prepared schematically. And they're, they're due for some injury luck on that side of the ball. But Staley is always going to have that defense ready. Now I think he the offense will be better prepared, better play calling. I think that will lead to increased efficiency and explosiveness uh, on that offense. The question is depth. Can they stay healthy? They're aging in, in a lot of positions, and they have a bye week in week five. So can they hold up after that the rest of the of the season? They get ideal rest. I like how they're, you know, when they have, like, long breaks or they're, you know, they get a bye week before the Cowboys at home. I like some of the nuances of their schedule, but the depth worries me with an early – they're also at the Chiefs on a short week when Casey has extended rest. That's that could end up deciding the division. But the depth is the biggest concern. I show a tad bit of value on their over. Yeah, and the only reason is I show a tad bit of value on the under on the Broncos, a tad bit of value on the under on the Raiders. I just don't like what the Raiders are doing specifically on defense. And I mean, Jimmy G knows the system. We'll see. I actually am thinking about going under on Kansas City. Under what you can get, I think like an under 12. 
I project 11-3. I think the Chiefs got worse overall. Um, they're going to be there. Like, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're probably going to win the division. But uh, it looks like they look like a 10-11 team to me. Uh, I'll tell you why. So they, you know, number one, they lose a home game to London. They play Miami. It's not going to be an easy game. That comes after an altitude game in Denver. And then they're flying or to Germany, I should say. Um, you know, then they have a bye week. Then they get the Eagles at home. It's a, it's a tough schedule. The But look at the, the back half of their schedule. Like they play, they go to Green Bay in early December. Green Bay is off like a Thursday night game, gets 10 days of rest. Then they're little trappy games. They have the Bills next. The Bills are off of a bye before that game. Then they're at the Pats who have 10 days of rest before that game. They're home against the Raiders who also have 10 game, 10 days prepare for that game. Home against the Bengals, then at the Chargers. Like this schedule has landmines. I think this team knows how good they are, but I think they got worse overall, just, just a tad bit. And they, you want to talk about fortunate injury-wise? The Chiefs, past two years, have been extremely, extremely lucky when it comes to injuries. Not only themselves, but the rest of the division. Talked about the Broncos. Talked about the Chargers. So, yeah, I mean, never – these things tend to even out over time. But, like, you're, you're, they're, gonna, they're really relying on Kadarius Tony to be their number one receiver? And I don't believe that. I feel like it's going to end up. It might be the rookie, uh, Rice. That, uh, that yeah, Rasheed Rice, right? Um, I think that's I think that's that's still also. No, I know. I'm just saying, like it's it's definitely like there is a path for somebody that's not Canarius Tony uh, to be that number one receiver because we know this dude just. You don't even need injury luck for that. That's just that's right. just going to happen. Um, right. So yeah, I'm leaning Chiefs under. I think that they're going to end up. I wouldn't be surprised. The Chargers stay healthy. They're going to win the division, I think, um, if they can hold up. But to me, I think Chiefs end up 10, 11 wins, and then they're going to be a fucking bitch to take out uh, in the playoffs because you know they're always going to be there. But I'm leaning under 12. I, I don't. It's hard for me to see this team winning 13 games. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. 13, like, 13 is like kind of like, my favorite, like, I mean, when when we talk about the, the Vikings, we'll get into 13-win teams, but it, it's, it's just tough with the Chiefs because, like, the front half of their schedule, I mean, they could also start the year, like, 9-0. You know, it's that's not out of the question either. So, I, I, it's tough for me to fade the, the Chiefs. I feel like the best way to profit off the Chiefs is kind of, and we, we, we'll talk about this every week on the pod, is, like, you just fade them when they're – more like a favorite by more than a field goal and the, and they'll end up covering they'll they'll win the game but they won't cover and then in that you know that doesn't really help your win total but you know it's just kind of the week it's kind of been the way to to bet the Chiefs they're 10 and 28 when favored by more than 10 and 28 against the spread when favored by more than a field goal uh dating back to uh 20, November of 2020 so like that's that's kind of you know just their track record is just so good at exceeding these win totals with Andy Reid. And, you know, it's like, I just don't see like, a, it, does, it doesn't like pull me, even if I might show like a couple of decimal points of, of undervalue, like it's just not really something I want to put my money into for a bunch of months. So like that, I, I just rather bet the Chiefs like week to week and, and fade them that way. Yeah. Yeah. The one quick note on the Raiders for me, the NFC, 
Look, I mean, they start two road games at at the Broncos, at the Bills, and they're home against the Steelers and at the Chargers. Like, if they start zero and four, it's it's over, uh, and it's going to get ugly because look, listen to their end of their from October 29th on, at the Lions, home against the Giants and Jets, at the Dolphins, home against the Chiefs, home against the Vikings, home against the Chargers, at the Chiefs, at the Colts, which is really your only break. That's on a short week. And then home against the Broncos. Like, there's no break there at the end of the season. And there's, their beginning is tough. There's, I don't trust their D. I would not go over on the Raiders. I'm not a believer in any of their futures or upside. Um, but, yeah, we'll see if I end up firing on the Chiefs under. But it might be right. It might just – they're pretty predictable week to week. Yeah, I mean, we, like, you know, like – because like that's the other thing about, you know – we're, we're trying to talk to these teams and give everybody kind of the, you know, just kind of the outlooks on these teams. Cause you know, I think we're all interested in that as football fans, but like, there's also just the actual betting angle of like, okay, there has to be like an incentive to tie up your, your money in like an NFL future, especially in May. And I like betting on the chief betting against the chiefs. Is that really, is that really the best use I, to me? I, I feel like their predictability out outweighs that and just gives you a different way to invest. But um, I'm totally with you. On the Raiders, I think this is a team that they've just they put their fan base through terrible defense after terrible defense after terrible defense. And when I look up this year, I hate all the moves that they made in the offseason on defense. All the guys they signed were not really upgrades on guys that they lost. And uh, you know, it's just this this just be another version of the, that terrible defense. So I mean, that helps the Chargers. That helps the Chiefs. Obviously, that could help the Broncos if if they're competent a newly competent with, with Peyton. So yeah, Raiders are, it's not looking, it's not looking up for them. And I don't even know, I don't know like exactly what McDaniels really brings at this point. Like I know he's very well respected as an offensive mind and but like, I, even some of the decisions and, and some of the ways he's running his offense. Like I, you know, it's, I don't know if if he's kind of built to, to win in, in this, this NFL, especially going up against the teams he's facing. So yeah, Raiders are the fade for me as well. All right, so that wraps it up for our AFC schedule release podcast. This is the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. So we'll be back Monday with our NFC episode as well. Same format, spend an hour just talking through each of these teams, the schedules, the win totals, whatever. Uh, Might be relevant to you as a better, so... uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky2. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Let's go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.